Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Jamis. Hey, Paul, how's it going? Going good, Jack. How do they get a hold of us? So yeah, they can reach us at technicalservice at carveline.com. So Paul, we are lucky enough today. We are joined by the godfather, the Don himself, <laughs> Mr. Corleone. <laughs> The one, the only, Anthony Grigsby. Anthony, how's it going? I'm doing great, gentlemen. How are you doing? Now that we're, you know, in the presence of greatness, we're doing better. That's right. Have you ever had that kind of a buildup before, Anthony? No, I have not. But, gentlemen, the most important thing you got to remember, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Absolutely. <laughs> You'll get no fight here with two uh, right. rounded gentlemen here. <laughs> so we brought Anthony in on the show today because... We couldn't do a wastewater series without talking to the one, the only Anthony Grigsby. That's right. He is kind of our specialist in this department. Anthony lives in uh, the Houston, Texas area, and uh, he kind of he's been our central point for this topic uh, from a company standpoint. So, Anthony, why don't you give the fine folks out there a, a brief uh, description of what you do, who you are, those kind of things? I am uh, part of the engineering sales management team for the last several years. My focus primarily has been on the water wastewater business, but not just as an engineering sales manager, but also from a business development uh, standpoint. I work with several uh, salesmen in a variety of regions. I never go where I'm not invited, but I get a lot of invite. And uh, what our whole total focus is, is to focus on the water wastewater market. And I'm part of the team to help grow it through engineering and uh, sales focus. So you can see why we would be... Uh, He's the candidate to bring on. Yeah, yeah. We would be committing a foul if we didn't bring him on. Right, right. We would probably yeah, have to go to the causeway or something and <laughs> dodge yeah. the bullet. You've you got to remember what I always told my grandchildren when they were little. They said, Papa, what do you do for a living? I said, the only thing you children need to understand is Papa's trying to be the number one guy in the number two business. <laughs> And now you find that is awesome. Have heard the other reason why we had to have Mr. Grigsby on the show. There are very few people who I talk to who brighten my day like this gentleman, but Anthony always gives me a laugh when I get get a get to talk to him. Yep. So let's get right into the number two business. We've yes, we've, been, we've been saying shirty business on the show, and. Uh, we talked about last episode, we talked about collection and transmission. And so now we're moving into the primary treatment area of the plant. So this is where your bar screens are, your settling tanks, your aeration tanks. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on in this area of the treatment plant, Anthony? Well, you have I, I listened to a couple podcasts. You've got the uh, wastewater and now it's being collected in what we call a wastewater treatment plant. And there, there are a variety of things going on. First of all, you have uh, solid waste mixed in with liquid waste. And what you're trying to do through a series of tanks is to separate that and get down to a uh, primarily like a, a liquid form. And then at some point, you separate it and take it off site in a truck or a train or whatever's available. Yeah. Um, and, and as we talked about those previously, Basically, this is the part where they get rid of anything and everything that uh, the solids that would come in to play at the treatment plant. And that's right. And when solids, we're talking about anything from, you know, waste that comes out of us 
all the way down to, you know, I mean, it could be a shopping cart, rakes, shovels, I'm, you know, anything that ends up in the sewer system. At this point, this is where we're trying to take it out. And this system of, of rakes and screens that are going through, skimming off the top or digging through the bottom are trying to remove all of that solid material that we can now just take back to a regular solid waste facility to get rid of that, just like you would your normal household trash. Cause that's where this, a lot of this stuff should have ended up to begin with. So Absolutely. we'll pull it out here. And then that leaves us just with a liquid that we can now treat through a liquid process. So like before, our main kickstarters for corrosion are here are still our hydrogen sulfide corrosion, yeah. MIC corrosion, those kind of things. And Anthony, you know, we talked about this a little bit before, but what types of products work well at this stage? Uh, typically, there was a point, you know, maybe uh, 20 years ago where, again, coal tar epoxy, might have been used in some of this some of this environment, but what you're finding now is more of 100% solid epoxies, and in some cases polyurethane. Depending on where where you are in the process, I know, for instance, you have some municipalities that still use a uh, cycloadophanic uh, three coat epoxy system, somewhere between 75 and 85% uh, solid. But what we find is your best candidate in a situation like this is going to be your 100% solid, whether it be epoxy or polyurethane. And so in those for us, are you looking at your phenylalanine tank shields, your Plasite 4550, yeah, yeah. your yeah. reactive 760? I, I, and yeah, we have uh, one of the products that is really kind of making a uh, making its own way in the Carbonline offering is the tank shield product. Over the years, we have pretty much focused, at least in my market, we have focused on the uh, Plasite 4500S series, in some cases 4500. But what we're looking at is because of the chemical resistance advantages of Tank Shield, we've been able to plug it in and at, at, a, at a much greater cost savings and then not have to concern ourselves uh, would it mean blush? Yes, and the applicators like it too. I mean, being able to go yes. in without a plural rig and single leg airless is really helpful in these situations. Absolutely, absolutely. Jinx on you guys. Boy. You both owe me a coke. And you know, I don't know if you've, if anybody's been listening to us throughout this, you've heard Jack and I listed several different products and several different concerns. And you can tell, you know, we've worked closely with Anthony in the past because he just listed off a lot of the same products that we've talked about. And, you know, it's primarily because it's they're tested, true systems that have been proven to work over the years and years and decades of, of wastewater treatment facilities. Hey, Paul, do you know Carveline's going to the boat show? Yeah, I've heard that. Not your boat show where you go pick out your bass boat, but the oh. work boat show. Oh, it's a work thing. It's a work thing. Uh, I, see. I, I wonder if they have a catchy jingle like the boat show here. <laughs> you going to sing that for us? No. Not uh, on microphone. Chicken. Yep. <laughs> you know the rules. Oh, I do. So anyway. I broke them. Yeah, you did. Several times. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to be at the Workboat Show in New Orleans, Louisiana. I like New Orleans. I do too. I used to live there. We won't. No, we but won't. But Carboline, the Royal We. Yes. We'll be we, there. We will. Yes. That's December 4th through 6th. We're going to be at booth 1701. Stop by. Find out all the solutions that we have for you. 
for your work, Bo. But another thing we'd like to highlight, because the two totally go together and make all the sense in the world, is our secondary containment line. Carboline has plenty of solutions for protecting the environment from potential leaks and spills. Yes, we do, Jack. And honestly, that falls right into what we've been talking about for this month's episodes. Yeah, I mean, secondary containment is an important part of the wastewater plant because nobody wants that um, stuff. Shirt? Shirt to yep. leak out into the environment. So once again, Carveline, we have plenty of solutions for you in secondary containment, and we're going to be playing with boats December 4th through the 6th down in New Orleans, Louisiana. If you're there, mail me a muffaletta, please. Thank you. Yeah, so after this part where we separate out the solids, what happens next then, Anthony? I believe you go to an uh, aeration basin and you, you go through a purification process to try to draw as much, uh, if, if there's any other uh, chemicals in, in, the, in the water, to try to get it to a pure liquid form. And so now we've reduced some of the abrasion concerns because we've taken yeah. out a majority of the solids. We're working our way towards clear liquid. We have sludge of the brown variety. <laughs> Everybody say ooh. And then, yeah, then we're working towards clear liquid. And, uh, you know, what's funny is at the Science Center here in St. Louis, they used to. I don't know if they still have this thing, but this is back to when I was a kid. They had this uh, water jug that was also a water fountain. But in this jug was everything nasty in the world. Like, not poop, but, like, there was, like, water bottles and, like, it was oh, obviously okay. see, not, not clean water. And uh, when you push the water fountain, the, that tank gloved. And as a kid, <laughs> I always thought that it was a really good joke. But I don't know if it was a, a, an actual water for purification happening right there. Somehow I doubt the Science Center would want to take that risk. Yeah, but, yeah, they probably. But did. that is the ultimate goal, right? To take take this and turn it back into usable water. That's right. I just have a, a quick antidote. Uh, several years ago, I took one of my Carboline supervisors, whose name I'm not gonna not gonna call him out on this uh, podcast. But, <laughs> we uh, might visited a wastewater treatment plant, and he, you know, he saw the suds the suds collector and the se uh, separation uh, uh, bar area, and he said, "What happens?" to this. I said, well, you know, the idea is to to get it to a point where you send it down the line, it ends up in a water treatment plant, it's processed, and you end up drinking it. And uh, that gentleman's been drinking bottled water since <laughs> 2010. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, awesome. Well, you know, fair, fair. Yeah. Um, What's the saying? You don't want to see how the sausage is made? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you eat it. That's right. But, I mean, if you, if you actually, you know, we've got pictures of it, but I would, I would, I would challenge any, anybody in this industry to uh, take an opportunity and go to site. I'm sure you have contractors in the business that can take you, allow you access, and it is a pretty neat process. And the coolest thing about it is, is even though, you know, we're focused on a lot of other businesses, we have the product to attack a water wastewater facility. Tried true products, products we've had a lot of history that will work for us. And uh, we just get it out there and get it done. Absolutely. So just kind of to finish up where we were. So now we're 
we're treating the water, and this is where some other chemicals for the first time come into play. That's right. So at this point, we're starting to add the chemicals that are we're no longer filtering and screening the water. We're going to actually start treating it to make it something that's no longer toxic or poisonous. So yes. this is where we're going to add, you know, depending on the type of facility that you have, sometimes they go through chlorination processes, sometimes they go through uh, ozone treatment processes, but this is where you're going to start getting the chemicals that are going to start giving you chemical attack on your on your substrates and on your lining systems. And these are large concrete tanks a lot of the time at this point. This is where you start to see the clarifiers and uh, digesters and things like that. Like Anthony said, this is where we're looking at our 100% solids epoxies, 100% solid urethanes, again, especially with concrete. Yeah. And one of the other things that we have to keep in mind is it may not be, and don't expect, that it's a one-size-fits-all coating system for a wastewater treatment facility. And Absolutely those, not. Yeah, in those uh, clarifiers and in the collection areas, you have a very different set of, of attacks that are happening to a coating system than you will once you start chemical treatment. So you have to keep that in mind when you're picking the systems that you're going to use. It's not usually going to be a one-size-fits-all. We talked a little bit about tank shield and the advantages of it, but then there are still certain areas inside this facility where a product like 4500 series, or even in some cases, but not, but rarely, even the Novolac version of 40, uh, 4550, because of what's being put in the water and how it may attack the coat. That's right. And this is why it's important. And this is one thing, other main point that I want to get across for by us having Anthony on the show. You've heard him now. He's nice. He's a good dude. If you have a wastewater treatment plant that you're working on the specification, Anthony is your guy. We give out our email at the beginning of every show. Hit us up. We'll get you in contact with Anthony, and he can help make sure that he can walk you through the specification of your treatment plant and help you make sure that you've got all the right coatings in all the right locations. Does that sound about right, Anthony? That sounds about right, gentlemen. So one of the other things that that I know Anthony touched on that I that I want to point out it's not always, it mentioned, if you get a chance to go to a walkthrough of one of these facilities, by all means do it. I encourage that highly. I agree. They're really interesting things to, to check out. And yeah, that I'm kind of nerding out a little bit. Bring nose that. plugs. Yeah. Yeah. But if you can't get to one, or if you're in an area where they're not going to let, if you're not working on the site, they won't let you in. You know, I mean, we don't get paid by Google, although I would accept Google money. Absolutely. The Google Earth and Google Photos, Google Maps... They've got some really amazing walkthrough tours of facilities, and you can see how they operate without ever having to smell it. Well, there's a... There's a perk. There's a perk. Yeah. Anthony! <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. fellas. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's important because most individuals think about it. Th th this whole process, it's like you turn on the water, the water comes on. You flush uh, the commode. Uh, it goes away, and then that's all you care about. You have no idea that what happens between when you do that flushing and then what comes out of the tap and what what things are done and what uh, chemistries are put together to make that happen and, and, and make sure that we have safe drinking water. And like, like uh, your old sales manager or possibly current sales manager, you didn't say, uh, <laughs> learned is sometimes, I guess it's like aliens, people would prefer not to know. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in, you know what? But in our business, this is the business we've chosen, and it's a business we need to understand. Absolutely. 
Well, Anthony, thank you very much for your time. It was enjoyable. Glad to have you finally get you on the show. It only took like 107 episodes. <laughs> That's right. but, but I hope I get, I hope I did enough. Absolutely. In- well, thanks again, Anthony. Uh, thank you for your time. It was great. And uh, we'll see you on the flip side. You got it, sir. Bye-bye. And so, for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd, we'd like, like to, to thank, thank you for your support. support. Who put the line in Carboline?